When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages. Uh, this is Take the Black Live, the show where we get together every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, talk about all things sci-fi, fantasy, movies, TV. We were gone last week, so we had to take um, some time off. Two out of the three of us had, were otherwise engaged, but we're back now. I'm Dan Selke of WinterComing.net. That's Daniel Roman of WinterComing.net. Daniel, where were you the past week? What um, delightful things were you doing? Um, I was on vacation this past mm. week down in Mexico. So that was fun. I was down by Cancun in the Yucatan, not at Cancun, but around it. Um, so stomping around, well, not literally stomping, uh, hanging around some ruins mm. uh, and the beach and stuff like that. Uh, so I shamefully, I'll spoil this now for much later in the show. I've been watching very little television aside mm. from a, a couple of movies with Spanish subtitles. So I'm really excited to, to catch up on everything I missed this week. Uh, Dan, how have you been? And all of you really out there, well. how are you? It was a nice quiet week and um, I'm, I miss everybody here. Hey, Martha. Hey, Julie. So we couldn't come, come back next week, but we're glad to be back in the swing of things. And we have yes. a full, robust, hearty show for you. Um, you missed out on some stuff, Dan. So let's just get right into what's been going on in your absence. Uh, okay. Starting with <laughs> the uh, continued uh, ever-buzzing world of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, and the future of... The Game of Thrones Cinematic Universe, that's what we're going to call it. Basically, while you were gone, there was a report out of, I forget if it was Variety or The Hollywood Reporter, somewhere reputable, uh, that gave an update on a, another Game of Thrones prequel series. We already know we have House of the Dragon. We know we have another Seven Kingdoms coming out of the pike. Uh, but we've also heard talk in the past, it's not a new story, that they're working on or they're developing in the background. And I... Um, a show based on Aegon the Conqueror, the first Aegon, okay. the Targaryen ruler who took over the Seven Kingdoms with his sisters, who were also his wives, some 300 years before Game of Thrones began, forged the Iron Throne, smashed the other six kingdoms into submission, uh, founded King's Landing, a uh, progenitor type of guy in this mythology. They've talked about, about like, we'll make a movie, we'll make a TV show. And it's still mm -hmm. 
in the development phase, I feel like sometimes around the news, like people heard about it and then they jump to, oh, my God, who should play this guy? What should happen? What's it going to be like? It hasn't been greenlit, but it did get a writer assigned to it. A gentleman named Matson Tomlin, who is I think I might have spelled that wrong. Uh, it got a writer named uh, Matson Tomlin. No, I'm right. I don't know why I said it was wrong. Matson Tomlin. He's a writer who worked on um, <laughs> the the Batman. He's writing the Batman Part Two. Okay, which, that, that, that's the title, by the way. Um, and he's been hired to work this idea again. Not a guarantee it's going to happen. And so my question for you is: Do you want it to happen? Why or why not? Do you greet this? Uh, announcement or this news with trepidation or excitement? Um, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, I so I this is the one piece of news while I was gone that I did catch in the brief moments where I peeked at the site. I did see that there was this report uh, that was like uh, development is actively heating up. I think was the, the quote one, yeah. on Didn't on hurt. an egg on the conqueror show and. To some extent, when I see a report like that, it feels a little like, you know, it's very similar to previous things we've heard. Uh, sure. I feel like there was one a while ago that was like, they're seriously discussing an Egg on the Conqueror prequel. So yes, I'm not right. really like over the moon excited about the news uh, that, that it's actively heating up um, because when I hear that, so my initial thought when I heard this was I bet they're trying to get this kind of lined up for after house of the dragon, um, which would be like the smart thing to do because they mm -hmm. have two pre they have two spinoffs in development house of the dragon has a finite end point, presumably, or like the dance of the dragons portion of house of the dragon. Like I would be really shocked if it goes past four seasons. So you know, Aegon's like, that's the next logical choice. So uh, I'd be excited to watch it. I'm not chomping at the bit for it because we've got, you know, season two of House of the Dragon coming up. We've got A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight coming out after that. Presumably we'll see A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, The Sworn Sword come along before this Aegon the Conqueror show too. Um, if that does well enough that they do more seasons. So I, I'm excited for it, uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not losing my mind. Uh, how, what are your thoughts on this, Dan? Uh, are you stoked? Are you nervous? Where do we I go from here? could not agree with you more than I do <laughs> right now. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, They shouldn't do it. I think we've seen recently <laughs> that um, over scheduling entries in a franchise probably bad for the franchise you know we might get to this a little, a little bit later but in the past couple of days there have been some big marvel announcements there's been mm -hmm. this deadpool and wolverine movie there's been this news about yeah. the fantastic Four, which we'll get to and it struck me that both of them were generating a lot of hype and mm -hmm. pretty much the deadpool is the only marvel thing coming out this year and then the Fantastic Four thing is a big thing we're going toward for a while. And I'm like, huh, a Marvel movie generating hype. And I think part of it is because it's not surrounded by 18 other things. I think we are getting like some studios are getting the lesson that more is not yeah. better. It's just more. 
So I would not want them to make an Egg and the Conqueror show concurrent with House of the Dragon or Night of the Seven Kingdoms. But after House of the Dragon, sure, to keep it going, yeah, I think that's a good idea. House of the Dragon wraps up. We wait two years between seasons and we continue. I mean, they could even still call it House of the Dragon if they really wanted to and just keep it up yes. with Aiken um, the Conqueror. Just like skip back 150 years in time and have, you know, Henry Cavill as Aiken the Conqueror and Catherine Winnick as Visenya, whatever else the fans like to do with it. <laughs> um, so I completely agree with you. I think, I think that's the best way. And I think that's probably what will happen. When we yeah. get a third spinoff announced to be like running concurrently, that's when we know things have gone too far, I think. And until that point happens, I choose to believe that they are keeping a lid on excess. Yeah, I mean, I think that just kind of where we're at with House of the Dragon, it makes it would make sense if they, you know, maybe announced another spinoff in the next year or two that they were going to move forward with, because sure. even if they did that, it probably would still, you know, could feasibly line up with either airing around the end of House of the Dragon or right after it, like if they start casting it in like a year or two type thing. Um, and Egon, I I thought of what you said just said too. So apparently we're very much in agreement on this, uh, that it could, you know, be a way to continue House of the Dragon, uh, which is something we've heard kicked around a bit, that it could be an anthology series of different periods of the Targaryen uh, dynasty. And yeah, Aegon, like that is the logical next one to do. If you're going to do like different periods of Targaryen history as rulers of Westeros, um, you know, where Aegon is the next one. Like there's a reason that Sure. Fire and Blood starts with like 100 pages of Aegon and then ends with like 150 pages of the Dance of the Dragons. Like those are probably the two most substantial pieces of that early Targaryen dynasty uh, tapestry. So, yeah, I, Henry Cavill, I, I did like your editorial where you talked about why you thought they shouldn't cast Henry Cavill. Um, I'm kind of in agreement. I love me some Henry Cavill. I think... You know, people loved him as Geralt of Rivia. And, you know, once you see him in the white wig, it's easy to imagine him in another white wig. Uh, but, you know, Egon is kind of an upstart. And I can't believe I'm going to I can't believe I'm going to say this. But some of the pictures that I've seen of Egon and like the world books uh, almost remind me more of like a Timothy Chalamet type of person than an than a henry cavill like like he's kind of like a he doesn't look like the big broad-shouldered hero in in some of the artwork in like the world of ice and fire so i think they should cast some unknown keep us on our toes you don't need a huge name for it um but yeah uh the internet has some ideas though beyond henry cavill right i saw you kicking around some some actor that i don't know named harry goodwin's who I guess is getting Dreamcast a lot. What's the deal there? By the way, um, Ben Jack disagrees with you that uh, they don't need a big name. He, he thinks they do over in our comments. Good to see all of you again. Good to see you. Okay. Fantasy fan thinks they need a big name actor to play um, Egan. Fair enough. Sorry, that was fantasy fan. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I tend to agree with you. I, well, not about Chalamet, but um, uh, they've <laughs> never really, I guess the I'm one big I name actor. They, yes, you are. I guess the the one big name <laughs> actor they they did cast was um, Sean Bean of Sense Talk, and it did work out. So it, I'm not mm-hmm. opposed to a big name, but I like the idea of going somewhere else. And I feel like people are kind of turning on Henry Cavill. He was like he was just it's just such a bleedingly obvious choice, and it all it always comes up. But when I looked into it this time, folks online are more like not the Cavill stuff again. Henry Cavill again isn't aren't we past this? And I don't know, one yeah. person that I came across that got a lot of uh, hits was this dude, Henry Godwin's, Goodwin's, I don't know, he's English, this English model and actor uh, who apparently posted like an image of um, Agen on his Instagram. So people were like, oh, what is he saying? Secret coded message? I mean, again, mm-hmm. he's like tall and British and blonde which I feel like is a little too easy. Honestly, what I got in my head that I kind of like the idea of that I've sort of been chasing in my head for the past couple of days. Okay, go with me. And, and it's a okay. big name. Daniel Radcliffe okay. as Egon the Conqueror. <laughs> I think, I'm sure it won't, won't be him. I'm sure it won't be Chalamet. I'm sure it won't be Cavill. I like the idea of going against type. I like the idea if you're going to do this, swerve a little bit do something a little bit different the idea of like just the big shouldered square jawed stalwart kind of off the printing press hero is a little boring to me um and i i like the idea of i like the suggestion that he was like a raging alcoholic or something i know some people on twitter were saying that was um a, a bad idea that they would pervert it or something but i i like the idea of of zigging or zagging a little bit making it more interesting and I now I have this idea of like this kind of nervous, um, short king, literally short king, Daniel Radcliffe, just kind of like uh, fidgeting Lee on top of his dragon and taking over the Seven Kings. I really like it. But uh, wh- whatever they end up doing, if they end up doing it, I just hope they keep it up in mind. Like Matt Smith, no one expected him to be good. He was um, uh. kind of a shouted down when he was first cast at Damon Targaryen and now I feel like he's the breakout star of that show so I just hope they keep an open mind when they get to casting if they get to casting the show even goes into production yeah I I agree with you um I I hope that they keep an open mind with the casting it it is interesting because looking back at Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon like you said we had Sean Bean for Game of Thrones we had Matt Smith for House of the Dragon those were kind Mm -hmm. of like the two really big name actors for the start of each of those shows um these shows don't they have a, a kind of a track record of going you know, more for the actors who fit the parts than like we needed the name sure. to carry the show. Um, I think with Sean Bean in particular, that was one George R. R. Martin's dream cast for that part. And two, it, it almost kind of helped the Ned Stark twist yeah, a little totally. bit because it's such a, you know, killing off your biggest name actor in the first season is, is a bold move. Um, yes. But yeah, uh, 
I Daniel Radcliffe, that's kind of hilarious to me. I don't know if I would like that personally. I think it's a tricky thing with with Egon. I like the idea of there being twists and layers. I think they've kind of set that up a little bit in their uh I it's gonna make me cringe, but I'm gonna say the Game of Thrones cinematic universe they have going on. GOTCU. Because they've they've yep, the GO GOTCU, uh, because they have you know, in House of the Dragon, they revealed Aegon had these prophetic dreams. That's a twist, I believe, they got from Martin that has yet to actually yeah. appear in any of his books. But that's the kind of thing where it's like, here's another layer to this character. Once we learn about him as a person, instead of the kind of arm's length view of him that we get from Fire and Blood as a historical figure. So I am all for that. I think they need to do some interesting things. He can't be like totally inept, though, because like... There are some well-documented instances, if I remember right, and I could be wrong here because it's been a minute since I read Fire and Blood, of like Aegon winning things like single combat with people. And like, yeah, they could trip and fall on their sword or whatever, and he could win that I way. And it could be, that. you know, to tongue-in-cheek turning, uh, you know, turning those tropes around. But I, I think he should be a skilled leader in both war and politics i think you need that because that is kind of like part of his character the way martin presents him it's not like he just stumbled into leadership and half-assed it like he kind of presents him as a very competent leader but there's still wiggle room to add the ticks so yeah that, oh. it's exciting times I, I would be excited to see who they cast but i hope it's not you know, don't get a big name just for the sake of the big name, HBO. Sure. You don't need to do it. How interesting. You think that um, a Daniel Radcliffe cast would imply um, no competence in the area of politics and fighting. I didn't say that. I said you just be a little twitchy. Well, that's just the way when you described him. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I Because I maybe because he's done why. so many eccentric roles. Like I think of the one where he played like a dead body and stuff like that. My mind immediately goes to like the quirkiest, weirdest way that they could play Aegon. But you're right. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe could probably do a great job with that part. No shade at Daniel Radcliffe. He's just not who right. I personally would picture. I know. I'm mostly Although, joking. Hey, I want him like in is he glasses. Too old also, I mean, it's like how old is 30. he? Henry Cavill's older, and people are still uh, doing him. I I don't um, want to cast Henry Cavill either. <laughs> I, I, I want him in like wearing glasses and both Rainey's and Visenya are a full head taller than him. That's what I kind of picture. <laughs> okay. Nice. So that's happening or maybe not happening. Um, we'll see where it yeah. goes. Um, also in terms of House of the Dragon news, we that's still coming. Season two coming this year. We had this great video from um, just a Instagram account, uh, Cinematic Trip Now, that just... Apparently, just Ooh. posts videos from interesting places, and it, and it and it sent some drones into the now empty House of the Dragon sets. Just cool to look at. Ooh. Um, we'll see these in action oh, soon enough. Fun. The front gates, okay, and that's going over the Red Keep, of course, looking pretty as always. Ooh. They really are enormous. Pause on the boat. That's boat. nice. So we got ourselves. If we can pause, I we didn't set up pausing beforehand. We got ourselves a Ooh, big boat. That's Corlys Valerian's gonna work out on that thing i'm sure battle of the gullet maybe maybe not um cool. i'm always fascinated by these drones I, I, just they can just see anything 
Yeah, keep going. And then the <laughs> coolest thing is probably this next shot, which is, could you pause on that little court? Oh, is that a weirwood? That's, That's probably nice. Parent Hall is the word on the street. This matches like that one picture that Ryan mm. Condal and George R. R. Martin are like against a weirwood. Yeah, with yeah. Their, arms their shoulders posing on the set of House of the Dragon. We think that's Heron Hall, where we'll spend a lot of time. So just fun to see some of the sets bereft of people. And apparently there's no security because drones are just flying all willy in the skies about taking pictures. That's really cool. Man, this is a cool video. Props props to the people yeah. who took this. And yeah, I think you're so obviously we don't have too much information, but gut reaction is that I think you're probably right. I think the word on the street uh, probably has some merit to it about that weirwood tree. Uh, it doesn't look like King's Landing. And we did think that other picture of Martin and Condal was Harrenhal. So mm -hmm. and Harrenhal is we're going to see a lot of it, uh, which, hey, maybe that's another bit of connective tissue that would make an Egon show even even better after this because we're going to see Harrenhal a bunch. Then we can go back to Egon and see how it became the ruin that it is because Ooh, he wrecked it because that's, that's what he nice. did. But yeah, that's cool. Good find, yeah, nice. whoever found that. Uh, again, that was, um, that was an Instagram account called, if you want to go check them out, uh, cinematic underscore trip underscore now lots of fun drone mm. footage should i get a should i buy a drone are they this much fun they look this much fun maybe well for i won't lie to you dan i i got a drone fairly recently they are pretty fun but it, i it makes me interested though because you can't be that far away so the person taking those videos it's not like they're mm. like in a car on the other side of town like they're somewhere close to that set so that's exciting. Gotcha. Maybe you should. Maybe it's your drone era. My um, birthday's coming up soon. We'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Moving on from uh, Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon to Game of Thrones cast members living their best lives. Some <laughs> big news nice. about Pedro Pascal just uh, broke today. Pedro Pascal, of course, played Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones and went on to be, I'm going to say at this point, I think it's, it's inarguable. He is the most successful Game of Thrones veteran, right? I mean, the only competition is Jason Momoa. And I think at this point, if Pascal is the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian, Joel in The Last of Us, and now um, yeah. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie, which is going to be a big Marvel blockbuster in 2025, he did it. He can... yeah claim the title of the most successful game of thrones veteran right i think i think so if we're not going to count sean bean's very long career oh, from sure. before thrones like as someone who was on thrones and then broke out after it mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's pretty fair to say him and jason momoa are probably like the big two even though plenty of others have had roles in other stuff like lena Headey's, oh, you yeah. know she's always acting in something but in terms of like high profile um culture defining type of roles uh yeah it's hard to argue that anyone has had more of those than pedro pascal since thrones because yeah the mandalorian joel now he's presumably going to be a very key part of the mcu uh it's interesting that earlier you said uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding uh, this movie and Deadpool. 
And I almost feel like part of that, aside from just them narrowing down and doing less stuff and not oversaturating mm-hmm. us, is also that these are like, you know, they're not random uh, cult classic characters. Like we're talking about like Wolverine coming back for Deadpool as the actor who people know know him as for mm-hmm. you know decades Huge and then Hugh Jackman and then the Fantastic Four who was like one of the OG Marvel comics like they're one of their first um and yeah so it, it feels more important than just oh they cast so and so in Ant-Man number 4 you know so and so will be in the tv like these are really important characters um so yeah how do you feel about this do you think pedro's being overexposed here or are you happy daniel you know (laughs) this guy i mean and um robert harris reminded us that he's in narcos too which is a good show he was in that wonder woman movie he's gonna be in Mm -hmm. the gladiator sequel he started nicholas cage in like a Kind of oh, under the so radar good. action comedy. It was good. I never saw it, but it 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 it, it, it was it, a very fun, cool. very unhinged movie. Nice. The unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> good title. Yeah, but yeah, he's great. I mean, I, I want to say he's overexposed because, good lord, he might be one of the most visible actors working. I mean, by the way, that is concept art. Uh, obviously, <laughs> that, that is not any uh, image of Peter Pascal yep. as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. That is concept art by 21x4 on the Twitter. Looking good. Um, he's he, he, he's got to be in as many high profile projects as like a Chalamet or. Um, oh, yeah. Even a modern cinematic luminary like Christopher Pratt. But I don't feel like he's overexposed. I feel like maybe he slots into the role of movie star pretty neatly. He's charming. Yeah. Like he he, he doesn't. He has like kind of an affability when you hear him in interviews and stuff that d- makes you, I don't know, just kind of say, oh, Pedro, you don't really get annoyed at his attitude. And he also <laughs> gives yeah. um sort of different performances in in movies like in narcos it's a very like straightforward drama he's like a serious uh drama about drug running but he can also switch it up and do or the last of us also pretty serious drama too but Mm -hmm. in a thing like this um the fantastic four or the wonder woman he's much more heightened superhero kind of action comedy gear so i I don't feel like i'm exhausted like i don't feel like i'm saying the same thing over and over and over again so maybe it's it's not that he's overexposed. Maybe that movie stars just got to be movie stars and be in uh, as many things as possible. Their faces out there, see their faces thirty feet tall on a giant screen, and just make it work. I don't think he's overexposed. I, I I don't feel like I dislike him for doing this. But even though like my left side of my brain wants to say he's in too many places at once, I'm not tired of seeing him. So go off, yeah. Peter Pascal. Host us an else some more. Yeah, I think maybe towing that line and your your point about him giving very different performances, I think, is a good one. I think that helps because it's not just, 
oh, they got Pedro Pascal. Now we know it's going to be the the exact yeah. same type of performance in that movie. Like he he really is switching it up quite a bit, uh, you know, between all of these different projects from serious to much goofier. And this is presumably going to be kind of a little bit on that funnier or let's say more fun assume. Uh, end of the spectrum than something like Joel. Um, so, yeah, I I'm excited to see him in this. Um, I I do think it's interesting. Some of these castings. So we didn't get just Pedro. We got all yeah. four Fantastic Four. So Vanessa Kirby is playing the Invisible Woman. Um, mm-hmm. Eben Moss uh, Backrack. I uh, hope I'm saying your name right, uh, is playing Ben Grimm slash The, the Thing. Uh, he's, of course, he's from The Bear. Uh, it, Vanessa Kirby, I think you said, is from The Crown. Um, and and then we've got Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. This was the one I didn't see coming, uh, playing the Human Torch. Because um, we'd heard rumors about Pedro. We'd heard rumors about Eben uh, as Ben Grimm. I can't remember hearing any rumors about Joseph Quinn as the Human Torch, and that got me psyched because he was just wonderful in Stranger Things season four. I can't wait to see what he does with a part like this. Um, so yeah, this should be pretty fun. I, I'm kind of looking forward to the Fantastic Four movie, and I'll be honest, I don't even particularly love the Fantastic Four all that much, um, but they've got a good cast on their hands. I never saw any of the other Fantastic Four movies because there have been quite a few like in our lifetimes in the past yeah. like 15, 20 years. Yeah, I never saw any of them. I wasn't interested. But um, and I'm not sure if I'll see this when it comes up, but I do think that Marvel is making some good choices, like you said, kind of making movies about big deals and getting folks excited. This is yeah. a good way to do it. Although I'll note that remember, at their peak, at the peak of their power. They could get people excited about heroes no one had heard of, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, for mm-hmm. example, were a nobody franchise that blew up because Marvel made them. They, yes, and maybe they lost that ability because they lost the trust of the audience after a while, after shotgunning us with like thing after thing after thing after thing. They might, if I were them, and 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 it feels like this is what they are doing. I would build again. I would choose some really high profile projects like Deadpool and Fantastic Four and just concentrate on making really good movies rather than this sort of vast interconnected thing they'd been going toward for a while. And maybe when everyone trusts them again, they can go too far <laughs> and uh, interconnect yeah. once again. Yeah, I think that, that you're right. Um, I mean, it, they did make guardians was was a breakout success movie although that was one that there was some you know pushback within marvel i learned about this in the the marvel behind the scenes book that i read about the idea of doing the guardians movie so that was one that that did take a bit of pushing for them to have enough faith that it could work to do um mm-hmm. but now at this point you know looking back at at the last few TV shows and movies like Echo is the most recent one. And that kind of just came and went with a yeah, did. very muted reception, almost like like Marvel almost wanted to put it out under the radar because they dropped all mm-hmm. five episodes at once. And then it just kind of happened and it was over. And I, I liked some things about Echo, uh, but I think it kind of still suffered from the MCU's issue 
recently of serving their grander tapestry and maybe not a hundred percent telling it like a super compelling story. Um, there were things I liked about it a lot, but it didn't feel like they had like a big grand thing they were telling with echo, even though there was a lot of great stuff about it. So I, yeah, it's almost like they went so far afield with the, we can do movies or shows about any characters and people will watch them that now it's like, they need to dial back a little bit and, and give us a few with the big ones again. Cause we really mm-hmm. haven't gotten many of those in the recent past, like Loki comes to mind, but even Loki, like he was a villain in, in Thor, like Thor was the big character that Loki came attached to. And mm-hmm. he's just be, you know, he's so much his own force of nature that it still works, but it's still like compared to something like Wolverine or the fantastic four. Um, they, they, yeah, I think they got to win back some trust and maybe they're on the way to doing that. I hope so. I hope it's good. People love an underdog story and um, as crazy and sort of counterfactual as it would be to eventually, in hindsight, portray Marvel Studios, a multi-billion dollar media conglomerate as an underdog fighting its way back to relevance after a few years in the desert. I think it could happen. I think in a few years, if they keep making good decisions, we could look at it and say, like, Marvel's back. rah, And then we'll, you know, look ourselves in the mirror and then... um, realize we're saying something silly and move on with their lives uh yeah. nicole just watched the marvels and good lord that was terrible <laughs> i did not Although uh, i did, I did respectfully Daniel. disagree nicole but that's fair if you didn't like it i enjoyed the, i thought the marvels was a lot of fun i i think the marvels if it had come out like three years ago would have had a totally different reception i like same exact movie but a few years ago, I, I do think the Marvel suffered a little bit from where the MCU is right now. But that's fair. Sorry you hated it, Nicole. Hope you can find love in your heart for whatever Marvel <laughs> wants to show you next. <laughs> what a nice response. Um, speaking of Nicole watching stuff, other folk watching stuff, Daniel, I know that you were on vacation. Probably didn't watch much, but anything on your Not docket? Really. I know you watched the Halo show. Yeah, I started Halo. I have to watch. So I've only seen the premiere of it because I didn't have time to watch the first two before I left for vacation and they did a two episode premiere. Um, The third one drops tomorrow. So I am going to try to get caught up on Halo for tomorrow for for the new one. Um, It's interesting. (laughs) I think Halo, when it remembers... Well, when it remembers what it's about, it's good. So like the first episode <laughs> that I watched has this extended sequence at the beginning of of the Master Chief like and his his Spartan buddies like Thank going you. down onto this planet and the planet gets attacked by the Covenant. And that whole sequence was really pretty solid. Uh, I thought they did a surprisingly good job of conveying like the emotion of this super soldier who's like, he basically like getting into spoilers a little bit, he gets caught out by himself. And there's, there are a few moments of like, oh, he's totally screwed and he knows it. Um, And that I thought worked really well. uh, But then when they get to the, like, we're going to insert politics into this in ways to like, Hmm. kind of like make artificial tension almost like people mouthing off to the master chief. And it's like, 
this just seems totally unbelievable because you've built up the, these characters in such a way that it just doesn't really make sense. The side stories about other characters, like I, I forget the character's name, the one played by um, Bokeem Woodbine, I think. Um, I, his story feels like it's just really kind of floundering. So when Halo focuses on its main story about the Master Chief and humanity and the Covenant, I, I'm enjoying it. It's when it gets into the weeds with everything else. I don't think it really stands up very well. So we'll see. I, I'm going to watch more of it. Um, but that's what's the main thing I'm watching right now. Uh, what about you, Dan? What what have you been getting into whilst I was away? I will tell you. But first, just about Halo. Yes. I'm not watching. I'm probably not going to watch it. But um, I just fair. That sounds so familiar to me. The idea of. I forget what other show made me feel this way, but like they, 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 they have like an enjoyable core, but you can't make mm -hmm. it about that anymore. You have to insert other characters, side stories, politics to like round out the kind of epic show you think it should be is what it sort of sounds like to me, which I feel like yeah. other shows it, it it's happened with. And if I could think of examples, I would name them, but I can't. So I'll just move on to what I've been watching. Um, I'm still watching True Detective Night Country on HBO, which I am liking. Oh, so I've cool. been looking into the responses to this on like IMDb Rotten Tomatoes. Um, IMDb like up uh, in the Reddit. The Reddit really hates this show. The True Detective Reddit. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's really beautifully made. I think it's a little trashy, but I've never said no hmm. to a little trash. Um, really? A bit more. A little, it's a little trashy. In what way? In that, uh, it's 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 like a beautifully made prestige style show that maybe if you think about the plot turns too hard, uh, it will mm. start to <laughs> make a little less sense. Although it's been nothing that's taken me out of the thing because it, it, my, my my problem with with plot, my rule with plot is always as long as I you distract me from whatever is wrong and I don't think about it while I'm watching, you really go ahead, do whatever you want. Um, I yeah. think it's a successful show if it does that. And it's done that. I like the characters, all the performances. I'm intrigued by the mystery. I've watched the finale, by the way. So the finale airs this Sunday. I've already watched it. I've already written a oh, review. Cool. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. I've been entertained by this show. And um, a lot of the criticism has been from like the kind of the older fans has been very harsh. And I think it's a little unwarranted. I think it's been a good time. I don't think it's at the level of the first season, but uh, there, there isn't much that is, I would comfortably recommend this as the second best true detective season that I've, that I've watched. And I wow. hope you will enjoy the finale. I think it's been a That's good time. Cool. That's cool that you would say it's the second best. Um, yeah. So. You know, it makes me, it, what you said about people on Reddit really hating this, uh, I remember something similar about Percy Jackson. There were a lot of people they on, like on that, the Reddit yeah. hating on Percy Jackson, which I liked Percy Jackson. I, it had strengths and weaknesses, I think. Uh, but as a whole, I thought it was a fun ride. I think it was very accessible for like families no. to watch it, which is something yes. they clearly set out to do. Um but I can't help but think of what George R. R. Martin said in that post recently about the internet being filled with anti-fans who are more 
happy to dance on the graves of failed shows than talk about what they like and hearing about like some of these subreddits that are you know just hating on the new true detective just for whatever reason makes me think of that um and also i just need to slip this in there i thought of you and this show while i was on vacation because i did watch a few minutes of true Uh detective in spanish of this oh, really? season and that was pretty fun yeah jody foster overdubbed was it was a good time <laughs> but cool. that's not the only thing you'll be watching right you have something else coming up that i am very excited for you about me too although before i get to that i want to read this comment from a fantasy fan they hope we talk about um the cancel game of thrones with patrick blood moon with with naomi watts in it that was kind of like you want two talk- weeks ago fantasy fan like the, there were some new images of um this cancel Game of Thrones prequel, and they were around, and it's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, fun fact: the woman who directed the uh, Game of Thrones canceled prequel Blood Moon, S.J. Clarkson, also directed Madam Web, coming out this Friday to atrocious was, reviews. Uh, uh, yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. It's cool. We'll probably never see it. Blood Moon, that is, and Madam Web as well. I'm probably not going to see that one. But uh, just a fun little side yeah. story that it'll always be a thing that got away, probably for the best. I imagine that it probably wasn't what they were looking for and how's the direct probably the better way to go. But I always wonder a little yeah. bit what could have been if they had gone with that one. Uh, yeah, same. I, I'll always be curious about Blood Moon. Um, I It's definitely... I just want to see it just let us see the pilot hbo you don't need to pay in the vault like i'd pay for it let us pay let us give you money to give us a thing you're just gonna lock away anyway um yeah i mean (laughs) so i'm not gonna judge sj clarkson by madam webb which i have not seen either i have full confidence that it's probably terrible um and that's no shade at the director or anyone who worked on it but it's just Sony's track record with these um, with its Spider-Man villain universe. I, I just don't think they've made great choices. And I think conceptually Madam Web as its own story with like a young Madam Web, like she's traditionally in the comics shown as like an older woman pulling yeah. the strings to like teach Spider-Man mm-hmm. about the multiverse. So doing it in this way, just like the concept to me feels flawed. Um, it's so so it's like, an uphill battle no matter who's attached it's so like 1950s style like we gotta make a movie about this lady she's old no we need a hot one we need a hot young madam web who's like gonna be sexy and walk around skirts it's it's, it's very it feels very old-fashioned um it's definitely a but weird yeah, choice but we can move on from madam web I, I, I don't think we're gonna see it um yeah i'm seeing dune part two early um next week i believe or maybe the week after soon i'm I'm seeing it soon um dune part two that's exciting i can see it in the theater early that'd be exciting to review it i'm I'm, I'm excited about that because i love the first dune movie i like the dune uh books and i'm looking forward to seeing what could be a pretty big movie event like this i feel like the first two movie was a was a hit and its reputation has remained very sterling since it came out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and this movie will be bigger and more action oriented and kind of pay off a lot of what dune set up so i'm expecting this to be a yeah. big one 
So I'm really looking forward. And I think that the director, Denis Villeneuve, is really, really talented. I think the cast is just exploding with stars. This could be a big movie event. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, in terms of books, I wanted to just tell you that I recently finished The Shadow Rising for The Wheel of Time. We'll talk about that sometime. And I'm very nearly done with Mistborn. I I, I keep meaning to bring this on the show and I keep forgetting uh, the the first Mistborn book. I only have like this much left. So like by next week, I should be done and we can talk about that because... yeah. I have thoughts. Yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are. You want to save them for next week? Do you want to give us a teaser of how you're feeling about Mistborn right now? Because you're I you're think, pretty close to the end. You're cruising. Yeah, I think it's I think it's decent. I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good. It, it, I want to say uh, w- words that come to mind are meat and potatoes. Words that come to mind are yeah. filling, if not especially exotic or spectacular words that come to mind are this is a a a a farmer towing the land clocking in at nine getting out at five and (laughs) doing the damn job um i like it i've i've genuinely liked it yeah although reading it kind of part of me does kind of think like i sort of see why hollywood isn't jumping on this stuff but it's definitely good. Mm-hmm. It is well written, well made fantasy book. And yeah. I'll save other thoughts cool. for later. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you about that next week. I it's kind of hilarious to me that meat and potatoes were words that came to mind because if I remember right, because I've been following Brandon Sanderson for a long time, he he has used pretty much that exact same analogy to talk about Mistborn, maybe not meat and potatoes, but some other similar type of of food, talking about how sometimes you're in the mood for like a hamburger and fries, and sometimes you're in the mood Mm -hmm. for like an elaborate steak dinner. And like the Stormlight Archive is his elaborate steak, like his five course meal, like that is his uh, opus where it's extremely complex, Lots of characters, a super dense world. And Mistborn is a little bit more like the hamburger and fries where it's like it still gets complex as it goes on and he weaves in more characters and stuff. But it's not meant to be this sprawling thing where you can't keep track of everyone's name and stuff like that. It's not Mm -hmm. that type of series. So your thoughts that you've shared um, feel really on point to me. And I'm curious to hear what more you have to say. And also interesting about Hollywood not jumping at it. I do think there's a lot to to unpack there, and I don't disagree with you. Um, we should do a whole special cool. on Sanderson stuff once I've. Uh, by the way, my plans are like, I'm going to read the first three Mistborn books, and like maybe I'm inspired. Yeah. I'll read the others, but I think a trilogy is is good. I mean, look, That's, if, if J.R.R. Tolkien yeah. can make the foundations for a whole genre with a book trilogy, like a, a trilogy should be enough to like make your statement. I think, but we can talk about the later. Um, for now, yeah. why don't we go on to uh, the Wick News Lightning Round? The uh, first since you've been back, which what? Of course, it, what? Let's Never mind. Do it. Uh, where we go over some stories with no time to get to the main body of the show and give our twenty second opinions. No more, no less. And thanks for all the comments, everybody. Uh, Fantasy fan opines that 
I think the Madam Web movie is in the past, before Peter Parker was born. So in modern times, they much older. True. Um, that yeah, could sure. be it. Although I think it, it I mean, it, it looks like it's in the modern day. But they still chose I mean, to make really a movie matter. about a younger, you know, Madam Web, where it's exactly. not really the No. Yeah, that's my issue. It doesn't really matter when it's set to me. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's again, it's more the, like, this is the Madam Web origin story, but she's not going to be an old lady by the end of this movie. So it, it well, you don't know that. Yeah. The, I think that the Sony villain origin movies, it's just, do we really need whole movies for these villains or, or these Madam Web isn't even a villain, but it kind of fits that same mold where it's taking a tertiary Spider-Man character and making a whole movie about him. And I really think, I don't think it, that has worked for any of them except for Venom because Venom is, you know, thinking of Spider-Man characters, Venom is one of the ones who obviously can hold his own movie. Like Venom mm -hmm. has had his own comic runs and stuff that I'm, I don't hate that. Even though I was resistant at first, I liked Venom more than I thought I would. Um, so yeah, I, I might see it just because I'm curious, but I'm not excited to see it. Well, maybe you'll be excited for some of these lightning round questions. Uh, Daniel, yes, why don't you... Probably. Okay, I didn't place it in any order. I'm just going to go ahead and ask. You ask me first. Okay. Deadpool 3 is officially called Deadpool and Wolverine. Ryan Reynolds is a genius at marketing. That's mainly what I think he is best yep. at i really do he has hyped he's turned these movies into events this will be an event movie and he knows what people want and he wants to give it to them he wants to have huge mm -hmm. back he wants to have a buddy thing he wants to maybe people just he's so so smart at this stuff so kudos and really it's perfect I, for that character it is true yeah he found a really good niche okay okay um Daniel, I wanted your take on this because I think it's very interesting. So did you know that two Wheel of Time books, like the eighth and the ninth, Path of Daggers and Winter's Heart, have been pulled from school libraries in Escambia County in Florida, pending investigations into their inappropriate sexual content? Um, no, I did not know this until until the show. I think that is so ridiculous be like one why those two because i'm trying to think back <laughs> and i'm sure there are scenes in those two but like they're far from the only wheel of time books with any sexual content like what is it about those two um yeah wheel of time is so chaste so chaste compared to so many books that if you're pulling those it's like how did we get here <laughs> um hey yeah Florida, do some soul searching, man. What are we what are we doing? Okay. Uh so Game of Thrones adjacent news. Kit Harrington, that's Jon Snow, and Sophie Turner, that's Sansa Stark. They're going to reunite in a medieval horror film called The Dreadful. Yeah, that sounds fun, right? I feel like this is typecasting because it's like medieval. Although it sounds like Kit Harrington plays like the monster or like the one that Turner should be afraid of. He like returns from yeah. the Crusades or something, and she is with her mother-in-law in an isolated village during the War of the Roses, also Game of Thrones. Um, cool, could be fun. <sighs> too, too early to tell, but it's the, the the idea of the reunion is fun. All right, twenty seconds, but bam. Hey, Daniel, look oh, at this. Fun. This is an image yes. from the set of The Last of Us season two, 
It's the Green Place Market, Ooh. which is a market you explore with Dina as Ellie in the game. I looked it up. Yeah, I love it. If I remember right, this is that's right at the beginning of the game when yeah. they're on patrol together. You go there, they, they see some zombies. Um, it's, uh, the Last of Us Season 2 is filming. I think that's so yeah. exciting. I love seeing these sets that are from the game. I can't... The Last of Us Part 2 is like, the, in my opinion, like the breaking bad of video games. I can't wait to Ooh. see how they bring it to television. Nice. I Yeah. Uh, okay. So this makes me uncomfortable, this next <laughs> one. Um, so there is a rumor. I don't know. Tell us if there's any credibility to this rumor, Dan. But the rumor is that David Fincher is quietly working, in quotes, on an English remake of Squid Game. Uh, it's from like a scoop person who gets some things right and some things wrong. Mm. I would not. This is not a guarantee at all. And... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because it doesn't make If I were Netflix, I wouldn't want to do this. Like, the original show is so popular. I don't know why you'd want to dilute that. The original show proved that you don't need an English language remake to be successful. Like, which is kind of a a new frontier. Okay, moving on, because that's the buzzer. Send it off. And I don't want to make the buzzer gods (laughs) mad, but I don't like the idea. I hope it doesn't happen. And I don't think it will. Sorry. Jeez. Okay. Um... (laughs) Okay, Richard's uh, had Daniel, enough. Will, will yes. you watch Millie Bobby Brown? <laughs> okay, quit <laughs> the move on. Or get angry again. Now he, now it's just playing with us. Millie Bobby Brown of Stranger Things fame is in a new movie called Damsel on Netflix, a fantasy movie where she sacrificed to a dragon but has to girl boss her way out of it. It's coming out on March eighth. Are you interested? Um, I, I mean. Not- particular i mean i'm like intrigued i'm sure i'll watch it on a day when i have nothing else to watch but i'm not like super i'm not super stoked uh netflix Mm. has had a weird run with some of these things so i expect it to be middling even if millie bobby brown's great um so let's call it an even five out of we'll round up to six out of ten for millie that's my excitement (laughs) okay dan um the Rings of Power director Charlotte Brandstrom says mm-hmm. season two will be darker, it will be edgier, it will be grittier and dirty. How do you feel about that? Interesting adjectives to describe uh, the Lord of the Rings show with. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. my, 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 my real supposition is that she probably is just speaking extemporaneously and just kind of saying words without much thought put into them if that's really what it describes things probably the wrong direction because that's not really lord of the rings it's not dark and edgy and gritty and dirty um but we'll see this year sometime this year where's that release at amazon bezos get on it all right and finally i'm not like sure if you are actually cued into this but you're stuck with the final one so i was ask it um mm-hmm. hulo was making a tv series based on the fantasy novel series a court of thorn and roses by sarah j moss and apparently mm-hmm. it's in some trouble not 100 canceled but like on the bubble maybe on the way out Are you familiar with yeah I, I i'm not super familiar with sarah j moss uh, i'm familiar like i know what they are uh there mm-hmm. she has a lot of their romanticy fantasy and romance um a lot of people love her books she has an enormous following yes. 
I don't know why they haven't been adapted yet. Adapting Sarah J. Moss books is a great idea. But yeah, there have been conflicting reports over the past week. Variety said it's canceled. Then I think the Hollywood Reporter said, or EW said, no, it's not. So we're kind of in limbo waiting to hear exactly what's happening is the gist, I think. Limbo. And that is our, uh, that's our show. Daniel, I'm glad you're back. It was fun talking with you. It was fun talking with everybody out there. And um, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Um, In the future, we will uh, tell you further ahead of time. That was my fault. Sorry, you guys, that we didn't um, warn you that we're going to be off. I completely spaced. But uh, we'll tell you in the future if we're going to take a week off. But we probably won't. We're here every uh, Wednesday. Never again. At uh, Well, wait, (laughs) let's not go crazy. At uh, 2 (laughs) p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winter Between Facebook page and YouTube channel. Also, download us in podcast form at iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. Um, and check out winnerscoming.net, where we write all kinds of interesting, fun opinions, editorials, news pieces about all this sort of stuff. Thanks so much. And I haven't done this in a couple of weeks, so I can't think of a clever sign-off. But thank you for watching and goodbye. Yeah, take care, all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.